Blog Talk Radio. Sports with the Statman is on the air. Welcome to Sports with the Statman on blogtalkradio.com. I'm your host, George Zopolis, the Statman on a Sunday morning, the 18th of December, 2016. It is 10 a.m. in the Eastern. We are live on Blog Talk Radio, coming to you from our authentic invitation home studios in northern New Jersey. We're going to be with you for the next 45 minutes, so sit back and enjoy as I take it through the world of sports. A good Sunday morning out there, everybody. Week 15 in fantasy football. That means the playoffs are right, uh, or, or you're right smack dab in the middle of the playoffs or potentially starting the playoffs this week. So if you made it this far, congratulations. We'll be uh, talking through uh, the best week 14 and, of course, week 15 injuries, hot pickups, our game picks. And in Fantasy Focus this week, we'll take a look at the best fantasy regular season performers. And plus, hockey, week 9 going into week 10 in fantasy hockey. So we are already uh, flying right through uh, our um, our fantasy hockey schedule. It's happening quickly, so uh, strap in. It's going to be a bumpy ride for the next 45 minutes. Hopefully uh, you didn't get too much snow, and the weather's supposed to warm up in the northeastern United States today before it turns colder. Uh, but uh, we got uh, a little bit of snow here in northern New Jersey, so shoveling out uh, from that. A little pre-white Christmas as uh, our thoughts turn to Christmas. One week from today, Hanukkah, one week from yesterday. So the holidays are quickly getting upon us. And, uh, let's, uh, and, and of course, games. Two games already in week 15. Thursday night, uh, Seattle disposed of the Rams, the now Jeff Fisherless. Rams, as Jeff Fisher was uh, was let go last week, and the Jets showed exactly why they uh, have just absolutely failed on just about every level as they lost to the Dolphins. Uh, they played poorly offensively, poor defensively, and um, uh, just an awful game all the way around for Jets for the Jets and the Jets fans. 34-13, the final, uh, losing at the hands of the rival Dolphins. So now uh, we're not talking about those games necessarily. Even though I did pick the, I did pick the Jets to uh, to cover that one. Um, I, I picked them to win outright, uh, but I, I picked them plus two and a half. That did not work out. Obviously, thirty-four, thirteen. I also picked the Rams to keep it closer than fourteen and a half points to Seattle. That didn't work either, as Seattle won twenty-four to three. So. 0-2 on the week. We'll see how uh, we do the rest of the week. But without further ado, let's get to Week 14 in fantasy football, the weekly best. And the best week, it wasn't even close. Le'Veon Bell of the Pittsburgh Steelers carried the ball 38 times in Buffalo for 236 yards and three touchdowns. Also caught four balls on five targets for 62 yards. So 51 fantasy points for Bell, 17 better than anyone else. He was one-third better than the rest of the field. Tom Brady was at number two, the best quarterback and top local, 25 of 38 for 406 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception against Baltimore. He had 34 fantasy points. Uh, A guy you don't see on this list, Bilal Powell of the Jets, had a great week against the Niners in San Francisco in that uh, overtime victory. 29 uh, rushes for 145 yards, five catches for 34 yards, 32 fantasy points for Powell. His opposite number was Carlos Hyde, and he finished at number four on the uh, overall list this week. Uh, 17 rushes for 193 yards. That's 11.3 a carry. Also caught a seven-yard touchdown pass. He had 30 fantasy points. Rounding out the top five, Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan tying for fifth. 
Uh, both of them had three touchdowns, no interceptions. We're going to go with Rodgers. He only had 23 attempts compared to Ryan's 28. And we give Rodgers the number five spot with Ryan as the honorable mention. Let's go um, position by position here. Uh, and with uh, with quarterbacks, Brady, Rodgers, and Ryan were the top three. Luck and uh, Andrew Luck and Kirk Cousins tied for fourth at uh, 23 points. In terms of 300-yard uh, passers, only four of them. Brady's 406 uh, was better than everyone else, but Trevor Simeon had 334 in his return in Tennessee, even though it was in a loss. Joe Flacco, 324. Carson Wentz, 314. Those were the only ones with uh, 300 yards. No four touchdown days by anybody. Four three-touchdown days. Ryan Tannehill, uh, who was lost for the season after throwing three touchdowns against one interception against Arizona. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan each had three touchdowns, no interceptions. But Brady had three touchdowns and one interception. So four three-touchdown guys uh, among quarterbacks. On to running backs. And let's take a look at the best. Bell, we know Bell had 51 fantasy points, but and Bilal Powell had 32, Carlos Hyde with 30. Those are your top three. But Jeremy Hill had 23 points, and Lamar Miller had 20. That rounds out the top five. Both of them 100-yard rushers. Hill, 25 rushes for 111 and a touchdown. His fantasy value went up when Giovanni Bernard went down with, uh, with his season-ending injury uh, because now Hill was an every-down rusher instead of just on running downs. Uh, Lamar Miller, 21 rushes for 107 and a touchdown for Houston uh, as um, uh, as Miller also crossed the 100-yard mark. How many running backs had more than 100 yards in Week 14? Well, it, we had Le'Veon Bell with 236. That led everybody, obviously. Uh, but we had eight 100-yard rushers, more 100-yard rushers than 300-yard passers, twice as many, in fact. And that's not something we've seen uh, in recent in recent history, uh, but beyond Bell, Hyde, and Powell and their great running games, Powell with 145 yards, Hyde with 193. Uh, the rest of them were in that 100 to 120 range. Isaiah Crowell of the uh, Browns with 113 yards. Hills with uh, Hill had 111. Ezekiel Elliott uh, has, uh, in my mind, the uh, offensive rookie of the year. 107 yards for him. 107 for Miller and 103 for Latavius Murray. And uh, in terms of Touchdowns, Bell had three, Bilal Powell with two, and um, no 100-yard running back receivers. LaShawn McCoy and James White led all running backs with 81 receiving yards. For wide receivers, Chris Hogan was the top wide receiver in Week 14. He had five catches on seven targets for 129 yards and a touchdown. J.J. Nelson of the Arizona Cardinals with 21 fantasy points. And that was because of a 56-yard touchdown run. He also had an eight-yard touchdown catch, but two carried two touches, um, and both of them went for scores. And that gives you 21 points. Devontae Adams and Deshaun Jackson tied for third with 20 points. Both of them had 100 yards. Adams four for 104 and a score. Jackson three for 102 and a touchdown. So the averages per catch were off the charts. And tied for fourth, Odell Beckham and T.Y. Hilton, both of them also with touchdown receptions. Hilton, 9 for 115. He gets the number five spot. Beckham, the honorable mention, 4 for 94 on nine targets and a touchdown. 100-yard receivers. Let's take a look and see who, uh, uh, who made the list. There were, uh, there were a total of nine 100-yard receivers, not a, not a huge amount, led by Chris Hogan's 129 yards. Demarius Thomas, 10 for 126, but no touchdowns, which is why he wasn't among the leaders. 
Hilton had 115. Marquise Lee of the Jacksonville Jaguars with 113. And then uh, right around 100, you had uh, Devontae Adams with his 104. Jarvis Landry with 103. Uh, Jackson's 102. Adam Thielen of the Minnesota Vikings with 101. And Emmanuel Sanders with an even 100. Multiple touchdowns for wide receivers. Jordy Nelson had two. And receptions, more than 10. You had two guys, both of them on the Denver Broncos. Emmanuel Sanders had 11. And Demarius Thomas with 10. On to tight ends. Charles Clay was the top tight end, tied actually with Tyler Eifert and Zach Ertz. Clay had the uh, uh, the highest average per catch. Uh, Tyler Eifert had two touchdowns, and Zach Ertz had the most receptions. He had 10. So if you get points per reception, Ertz was the best, and let's give him the uh, the number one star. Zach Ertz of the uh, of the Eagles, 10 catches on 13 targets for 112 yards. He also led everyone in yardage as well as receptions. He had 16 points. Tyler Eifert, 5 for 48, two touchdowns. Charles Clay, 3 for 52, and a score, 16 points for each of them. Martellus Bennett had 15 uh, fantasy points, four catches for 70 yards, and a uh, score. And um, Kyle Rudolph and Travis Kelsey round out the top five, each with 12 points. Kelsey, 5 for 101. We give him the edge over Kyle Rudolph, who had 4 for 60 and a touchdown. In terms of 100-yard receiving days by tight ends, two of them, Ertz with his 112 and Kelsey for his 101. And in terms of reception, Zach Ertz and his 10 catches led all tight ends. Among kickers, Nick Novak was the top kicker, 22 fantasy points. Solid day for him, 5 for 5 in field goals, including a 52-yarder, added an extra point. And the Houston Texans kicker was the best one around. Kai Forbath of the Minnesota Vikings had 20 fantasy points, as well as Graham Gano of the Carolina uh, Carolina Panthers. Gano gets the second star because he did not miss an extra point. Forbath was one out of two in extra points. And uh, Minnesota, the Minnesota Vikings have had a tough year kicking the ball as Blair Walsh was let go. Uh, he had back-to-back weeks where he missed an extra point, so Forbath's got to be looking over his shoulder. Meanwhile, uh, Forbath and Gano were both 4-for-4 four four in field goals. Justin Tucker had number four with 16, uh, 16 fantasy points, 3-for-4 in field goals. He had his first field goal miss of the season, and that was thanks to the Patriots jumping through the line and uh, just leaping the uh, center for the Baltimore Ravens and managing to, uh, uh, to completely block Tucker's attempt. But he was 3-for-4, four four, including a 50-yarder, two extra points. Caleb Sturgis, number 5, 15 fantasy points, 3-for-3 three three in field goals, and an extra point. And among defense and special teams, the top, uh, the top scorer, the Atlanta Falcons, they had 28 fantasy points, two interceptions, three sacks of Jared Goff. Add to that three fumble recoveries, two returns for a touchdown, and they only allowed 14 points. That is a complete performance. The Packers had 21 fantasy points. They were second, but they intercepted Russell Wilson five times, sacked him three times, had a fumble recovery, and allowed 10 points. The Carolina Panthers, 17 fantasy points, five sacks. That's what they were best at. The Giants had 15 fantasy points. They only allowed seven points. And the Chicago Bears had 14 fantasy points. They uh, had three sacks and two interceptions. So that was your top five among defense and special teams. We have 11 minutes after the hour. We're going to turn our attention now to week 15 and the injury report. A couple of new players placed on injured reserve. We'll go through the players who are out, doubtful, and questionable for the upcoming games. New on IR this week, Wendell Smallwood of the Philadelphia Eagles with a knee injury. He is done for the season. Smallwood, part of the running back by committee in Philadelphia, a distant second behind Ryan Matthews. Uh, but Smallwood was uh, placed on injured reserve, and uh, he had a grade two MCL sprain against Washington. 
and that uh, basically did him in. Also, Vance McDonald, the tight end for San Francisco, out with a shoulder injury. He is done for the year. Season-ending fractured scapula, and that uh, that was because of the uh, the game against the Jets. So that was uh, uh, that's the end of his season. Uh, we we predicted good things for McDonald. Really didn't come through too much, even though he did have four touchdown receptions for the season, 24 catches for 391 yards, not a terrible year, owned in 24% of CBSSports.com leagues. Julius Thomas, the oft-injured tight end, he is done for the year, back injury, and uh, uh, he is done for the Jaguars as uh, he injured his back in Week 11 against the Detroit Lions, had missed three straight. They decided to put him on IR as he is now done for the year. Let's take a look position by position at the upcoming games uh, today. Jay Cutler... We know he's on IR uh, as, as the highest-profile quarterback on IR, but players who are out. Ryan Tannehill, technically not on IR, even though uh, he is uh, all but done for the season. They're saying he could return before the end of the season, according to Coach Adam Gaze, but uh, he did miss the game last night. He will miss the game next week against Buffalo. They are hoping that in Week 17 he could return against the Patriots in the final game of the season. He They... They believe that he tore his ACL, but now they're saying they're not completely sure. He sprained his ACL and MCL in his left knee. So because of the sprain instead of the tear, Tannehill may return in Week 17. I think it's a moot point anyway since it would be against the Patriots, but regardless, he is out and not on IR. Questionable for this week, Aaron Rodgers with a calf injury did not practice on Friday. He is going to be in the brutal cold weather at Soldier Field today in Chicago. Uh, but he is questionable. Cam Newton questionable with a shoulder, but he did put in a full practice. The game is going to be in Washington. On to running backs, and let's take a look. Besides uh, Smallwood being placed on IR, uh, the uh, uh, the options for or the, the other options you're going to need because players have been uh, ruled out. Uh, Melvin Gordon for San Diego, and. Uh, uh, he has a hip injury. He did not practice, and he is out for the game. Darren Sproles, concussion, he is out as well. And C.J. Proceis uh, was inactive on Thursday night against the Rams with his shoulder injury. Uh, also uh, sustaining a concussion, James Starks did not practice on Friday and will not play for the Packers in Chicago, uh, which means Ty Montgomery is going to get some more rushes for the Packers. Uh, doubtful for the game, uh, Theo Riddick, with a wrist injury, did not practice for Detroit, will most likely not play at MetLife this uh, this week, today, in fact, uh, as he is uh, doubtful. But questionable, a couple of uh, running backs, Matt Asiata of Minnesota with an ankle injury, did not practice. Christine Michael of the Packers, questionable with an illness, limited practice. Boy, if they ever uh, needed him, it would be today. Uh, he started the season with the Seahawks, but he is expected to uh, to play. Ty Montgomery is expected to start at running back uh, for uh, uh, for him uh, for, for the for the Green Bay Packers in Chicago. And, then, and running the ball is going to be extremely important in this one because of the uh, uh, the temperatures hovering around zero. Uh, speaking of Minnesota, we talked about Asiata being questionable, but. Uh, Adrian Peterson looking to return today, and that is big news on the injury front in terms of players coming back. That may hurt Jarek McKinnon's uh, uh, value, but Peterson's not going to get a full workload in his first game back, but uh, he's been out since week two. Wide receivers, uh, Marquise Wilson of the Bears was put on IR with a foot injury uh, this past week, 
but uh, in terms of players who are uh, already out uh, for for the week, Julio Jones has been ruled out with a toe injury uh, for the game against the Niners at home. Uh, so it looks like it will be Taylor Gabriel who will be the uh, uh, the main starter because Mohamed Sanu is also quite banged up. Alan Hearns for Jacksonville out with a hamstring injury. He did not practice. He will not play at Houston. A.J. Green once again will miss the game, even though he did practice in limited fashion. Uh, he will not play for the Bengals against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Also, Dante Moncrief, hamstring injury, out for the Colts uh, for their game in Minnesota. Torrey Smith out with a concussion for the Niners will not play in that game against the Atlanta Falcons. So those are the players who are out. Questionable, Jordan Matthews, questionable with an ankle injury for the Eagles. He did put in a full practice. That is a very good sign uh, for their game in Baltimore. Des Bryant, questionable, limited practice for him, back injury. Mari Cooper, limited practice with a shoulder, but it's looking like both him and, uh, and Crabtree, Michael Crabtree, who was questionable with a finger injury, looks like they will both play today. Uh, of course, around noon, you're going to get the final uh, actives, inactives for the 1 o'clock game, so make sure you stay tuned to your uh, usual sources for that. But uh, Cooper and Crabtree look like they are a go. Kelvin Benjamin, questionable with a back injury, but he did put in a full practice yesterday. The game is tomorrow night in Washington for Monday Night Football, and he is on track to play on Monday, according to Steve Reed of the uh, AP, the Associated Press. Looks like Benjamin... Uh, will go, but once again, a little extra time before the Panthers need to make that decision. Philip Dorsett, questionable with a groin injury. They need him a little more now that Dante Moncrief has been ruled out for the game. Sammy Watkins, questionable with a foot injury. Limited practice for him as the Bills take on winless Cleveland. Randall Cobb, questionable with an ankle injury. Limited practice for him as well. And that is a look at uh, at wide receivers coming into uh, week number 15. Let's take a look at the tight end position. As uh, we have, uh, as we said, McDonald and Thomas on IR, and that uh, that hurts you a little bit. Players who have been ruled out, C.J. Fedorovitz with a concussion, did not practice. He will not play for the Texans in uh, the game against Jacksonville. Questionable for this week. Jordan Reed continues to have issues with his uh, shoulder, his AC joint in his shoulder, but he did practice in limited fashion. He has played with that injury. No reason to think he wouldn't play with that injury this time around. Dwayne Allen with a hip injury, full practice, though, for the Colts' tight end and questionable for the game in Minnesota. Uh, Martellus Bennett, questionable with an ankle, limited practice. Charles Clay, questionable with a knee. Jermaine Gresham, also a knee for Arizona. Both of them limited practice, limited practice also for Eric Ebron with a knee injury uh, for him. As uh, those are the, uh, the the big injuries for, uh, for the tight end. So uh, that is how the landscape looks. Uh, for injuries uh, going into week number 15. Let's take a look at some hot pickups. If you can still pick players up in a lot of leagues, I would even say in most leagues, you can't pick up players during your fantasy playoffs, but you may be able to do it this time around. And with Melvin Gordon out, um, you're looking at Kenneth Farrow as uh, as a hot pickup, the Chargers running back, and he is available in all leagues. Uh, Bilal Powell in shallow leagues, he already played last night, so not if you're going to get a leg up on week 15, but if you already picked him up, uh, he, is, uh, he is a guy who is uh, uh, getting a lot of notoriety late in the season. Uh, he, got, uh, he, had a, he has had two solid games in a row, 145 in San Francisco, 145 rushing yards, 32 fantasy points, and against Miami last night, 15 fantasy points. Goes up against the Patriots next week 
in Foxborough and then Buffalo to finish out the schedule. He had a hot streak last at the end of last year as well, uh, but Matt Forte has been limited, so there's a possible option. Ty Montgomery in medium-sized leagues uh, for uh, for running backs, as he is listed as a wide receiver, but he has been carrying the ball. He is the, going to be the primary ball carrier this week, even though Kristen Michael will look to play for the Packers, uh, but Montgomery will get the, uh, most of the touches. Let's take a look here. Um, we told you about some running backs. Let's give you some guys in other positions. Joe Flacco in shallow leagues. Uh, in uh, medium-sized leagues, the option would be Trevor Simeon. And in deep leagues, boy, there really, really no one left in deep leagues, but Matt Moore did a really good job against the Jets, and he's available in almost all leagues. Last night, four touchdowns and an interception as he took over for Tannehill. And we know that uh, uh, he will play in Buffalo, and that they are uh, eighth best in terms of allowing fantasy points to a quarterback, so it's not going to be easy for Matt Moore, and you don't know what the weather's going to be like next weekend for sure in western New York. However, uh, Matt Moore has a, uh, has a chance, uh, if you really are hard up for, uh, uh, for some uh, uh, quarterbacks, healthy quarterbacks, he might be an option for you. We talked about ru- uh, running backs, so let's jump to wide receivers. Ty Montgomery. It depends in your league if he is listed as a wide receiver or a running back. He is going to be used primarily as a running back for for the rest of the season because of the injuries to the Packer running backs. Uh, but he has been a wide receiver for for uh, since entering the league. So Montgomery is available in medium sized leagues and definitely worth a pickup. JJ Nelson in uh, medium leagues as well. Uh, he had two touches. They both went for touchdowns, which tells you that they need to get him more involved in the offense. Uh, that also means that he uh, got a lot of notoriety on a gimmick play, a 56-yard run from uh, the wide receiver. But he's available in medium-sized leagues. Also, Dontrell Inman available in medium leagues. I like him as well. In shallow leagues, Alshon Jeffrey comes back off his four-game suspension for this game in Week 15 at home against the Packers. He is available in about a third of CBSSports.com leagues. That will move to a fifth of CBSSports.com leagues after this week. Uh, Tyler Gabriel in shallow leagues. And if you want a deep league option, Robbie Anderson of the Jets caught a touchdown from Bryce Petty. They get along well because they have been uh, on the practice squad together uh, quite a bit. But now they're both uh, in prime time. Marquise Lee for Jacksonville, another deep league ad as he continues to uh, rack up the yardage. And in tight ends with two more tight ends uh, on IR, you already know that Rob Gronkowski is out for the season. Who do you take? I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, it's not a great lineup by any stretch. But if you're looking for deep league options, Jermaine Gresham, Charles Clay, those would be options. Ryan Griffin uh, would be a super sleeper here because he is um, uh, in there today for C.J. Fedorovitz, who is out with a concussion. And if you want uh, shallow league ads, Zach Ertz would be uh, would be the best option if he's available. Kyle Rudolph, another one. Um, and another medium option that's intriguing is Dennis Pitta. He had a great week a couple of weeks ago. And uh, his uh, ownership is on the way up. Among kickers, uh, let's let's take a quick look at kickers. Nick Novak in uh, medium-sized leagues. Kai Forbath in deep leagues. And shallow leagues, let's give you Sebastian Janikowski, as he's available in about a quarter of CBSSports.com leagues. Defense and special teams, uh, the Bills are moving up in shallow leagues. That would be an option. The Falcons in medium-sized leagues. And if you want a deep league ad, there really aren't any out there. Uh, to uh, to speak of at this point, uh, I wouldn't consider the uh, uh, the Redskins a, a deep league because they're owned in 35% of CBSSports.com leagues, but uh, they are uh, available for you 
let's let's take a look at uh, uh, who is owned in a, a small amount, under 20% of CBSSports.com leagues at this point. Uh, the Jags, the Bears, Colts, Saints, Niners, and Browns. Those are the bottom in terms of ownership for defense and special teams. Do you see any good ones in there? I would say uh, maybe maybe the Bears, uh, because they were a top-five fantasy defense last week, playing in the cold weather this week. Rodgers may not play the entire game. Those are, those are some good reasons why. Um, you know, the, the Cleveland Browns are going up against the Buffalo, uh, the Buffalo Bills, who have struggled, uh, but I would say the Bears out of that group. Uh, so that is our look at hot pickups in uh, week number 15. Now, 24 minutes after the hour, we still have plenty to get to our game picks, fantasy hockey. Uh, but I did want to spend a little time at Fantasy Focus today going through our fantasy regular season uh, players of note as the fantasy regular season in our house league. The United Gridiron Alliance goes weeks 1 through 14. So we're looking back at the first 14 weeks of the uh, NFL regular season to tell you who the best players were from a fantasy perspective. Matt Ryan was a top quarterback, 362 fantasy points, nine points ahead of Aaron Rodgers. Kirk Cousins quite a ways back in third place with 314. Marcus Mariota at 306 and Drew Brees at 305. So yes, Drew Brees is still a top five quarterback from a fantasy perspective. Marcus Mariota is the biggest name on this list that you didn't expect to see. I'd say Kirk Cousins as well. Uh, in our, I'm, I'm pulling up our preseason rankings. Kirk Cousins was 12th, but I did mark him as a sleeper. Marcus Mariota was 20th. Uh, so those were the, uh, uh, th- those were my rankings. Mariota finishing fourth, Cousins third, and Matt Ryan being first. I mean, we we had Matt Ryan at number 18 on the list. He uh, ended up finishing first, 30 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and 4,000. 50 yards, a great a great year for him. Dak Prescott wasn't on my top 20. He wasn't on a lot of people's top, top 20. And he came in tied for seventh with Tyrod Taylor with 288 fantasy points. Tyrod Taylor, another guy. I mean, I had him as 14th on the list. Um, where is Derek Carr? Derek Carr started out fantastic, but he finished ninth. Matthew Stafford, 10th among quarterbacks. So that is a, uh, that is a look. In my top 10 rankings were Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, Blake Bortles, where has he been, Tom Brady, and Phillip Rivers. Rivers finished 11th. Uh, but Bortles not there, Eli Manning not there, Ben Roethlisberger not there, Andrew Luck was uh, top 10. I believe he was 6th. Looking at running backs, David Johnson was the best at 285 fantasy points. He rushed for 1,085 yards, 11 touchdowns, 4 touchdowns receiving, 745 yards receiving. That has separated him from the rest. Uh, but he was the best running back. Ezekiel Elliott, number two, at 266 fantasy points. Both of them well ahead of the field. Uh, but Ezekiel Elliott, 1,392 yards in, in 13 games. 12 touchdowns. 28 catches for 322 and another touchdown. 266 for him. DeMarco Murray, the former Dallas Cowboy and uh, Philadelphia Eagle as well, Finished with 234 points. He was third. Le'Veon Bell, fourth at 213. Melvin Gordon had a great season. Fifth at 212 fantasy yards. Three shy of 1,000 yards. He's got to come back to finish that up. But 10 touchdowns, 419 receiving yards, two other touchdowns there. Rounding out the top 10, LaShawn McCoy, LeGarrette Blunt, Devontae Freeman, Mark Ingram, and Jordan Howard. I know I didn't have Howard on my list, but let's take a look in terms of my top, uh, top 10 for running backs. 
Todd Gurley, nowhere to be found. I had David Johnson, number two. Adrian Peterson, number three. Well, he had an injury. That's why he wasn't there. Lamar Miller at four. That was a risky pick, and that did not work out. Ezekiel Elliott at five. Well, he finished second. Le'Veon Bell at six. Devontae Freeman at seven. Jamal Charles at eight. He was hurt and missed most of the season. Doug Martin, ninth. He was hurt for a big chunk of the year. Mark Ingram, tenth. So I did have Johnson. Uh, I had Elliott, Bell, Freeman, and Ingram. So not uh, not a terrible showing, but still, DeMarco Murray had a great season. You didn't expect to see Melvin Gordon, LaShawn McCoy, LeGarrette Blunt, and, of course, Jordan Howard. Uh, so so that's the running backs. Wide receivers, the top wide receiver in the fantasy regular season. Who else? Antonio Brown at 185 fantasy points. He had 1,130 uh, yards receiving and 11 touchdowns. So Dell Beckham, 1,109 receiving and nine touchdowns. He had 173 fantasy points. Third, Mike Evans, an even 1,100 on 80 catches, 10 touchdowns. And T.Y. Hilton, fourth at 162. Julio Jones, fifth at 161. All of them over 1,000 yards. All of them five or more touchdowns. All of them targeted 110 or more times. That's a lot in 13 games. Uh, But those are the top five. Rounding out the top ten, Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, both of the Packers, Amari Cooper, Tyrell Williams of the Chargers, and Brandon Cooks and Jameson Crowder were tied for tenth of the Saints and Redskins, respectively. Jameson Crowder, you didn't expect to see on this list, but he has seven touchdowns. Uh, Devontae Adams, up and down, really inconsistent. You end up benching him in his best weeks, playing him in his worst weeks. Uh, He's one of those types of players. But he did have nine touchdowns. So that is uh, the top ten of how it really was. Let's take a look at the top ten among wide receivers on our list. Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham, Julio Jones were my top three, pretty much a consensus. Brown and Beckham were top two. Jones was fifth. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, not on this list. A.J. Green, who's been hurt, not on this list. Des Bryant was hurt, also not on this list. Allen Robinson, uh, he had bust potential. I had him for bust potential at number seven. Sure enough, he uh, did not do well this year. Mike Evans, I have him there. Alshon Jeffrey, uh, injuries and also the uh, suspension. And Jordan Nelson, who finished sixth, I had him at 10th. So I had Cooks at 12th, Hilton 13th, Cooper 14th. Um, so I wasn't too far off by a lot uh, for some of those guys, but uh, still, a uh, you know, I, I did have the top uh, just about right. By the way, the live feed has cut out. The podcast-only version now continues as we are in fantasy focus looking at the best performances of the fantasy football regular season. And uh, we have 15 minutes left, of course, uh, plenty to get to our game picks as well as fantasy hockey and a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff to come. So glad you're joining us. By the way, a, um, uh, a quick reminder, our next episode will be next Saturday, Christmas Eve. We'll be on with you at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. The reason why I wasn't on with you yesterday, our usual time, Saturday morning at 10 a.m., was because I was able to uh, get a once-in-a-lifetime uh, opportunity to travel with the New York Islanders. Uh, after the game on Thursday night, I was able to uh, go, with the, uh, go with the team, hop on the team charter up to Buffalo for the game on Friday night. And uh, what a fantastic time. Uh, A big thank you to a lot of people for making this possible. Uh, My good friend and uh, partner in in hockey, uh, Mitchell Cohen, for for, uh, making it possible, but also uh, Brian Nadell with Barclays 
And uh, a special thanks to Eddie Westfall, who was absolutely phenomenal. He stayed with the whole group, the whole group of us uh, fanatic hockey fans uh, for just about most of the day. He was in the suite with us. What a wonderful time. Great stories. Uh, Also, Brendan Burke, Shannon Hogan, and the rest of the crew uh, with with the Islanders, who were uh, nothing but absolutely wonderful to us. And get a real look as to how the players deal with this, leaving a game, where you lose, you hop a charter, and you get to Buffalo at 2 o'clock in the morning, get, get to the hotel, uh, try to get some rest, and then the next day, of course, uh, trying to see the hours pass by before the game come, uh, coming up against Buffalo and then hopping on the charter and coming back home. Um, it, you know, road trips aren't, aren't easy. They're easier because you have chartered planes and you have meals on the plane and, and, and all that good stuff. Uh, you stay in nice hotels, which is not how it is in the minor leagues, obviously. Um, but, you know, th- there are some crazy odd hours that you do have to keep. And it could happen weekends, could happen holidays. All that stuff doesn't matter. The game is the most important thing. And it was uh, a fantastic time to just get a, get a quick window into the life of a hockey team and, and kind of the, the, the day-to-day. And it was, it was a lot of fun. And, and thanks to everybody who made that possible. But because of that, we weren't able to be on with you uh, on Saturday. So, uh, as I was still sleeping off the, the trip to Buffalo. Uh, but we're on with you today, and we'll be on with you next Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time. And then the Saturday after that will be New Year's Eve. We'll be on with you as well, 10 a.m. Eastern. So a lot of uh, holiday shows for you. And then in the new year, we will have our countdown segments on the blog, as I have promised for a while, but we will make that a reality in January. We will also make our gaming segment a reality with a video blog, and we'll be doing that uh, hopefully with the help of Twitch TV. Uh, we'll be able to, uh, to post that. If not, we'll post it to YouTube. But one way or the other, you will get a look into our uh, gaming segment for the year, our simulations that we will do uh, during the year using Out of the Park Baseball uh, and Out of the Park Baseball 17, as well as uh, Franchise Hockey Manager 3, and everything in between, and, and uh, any simulator we can find to... Uh, uh, to run our sims for the season. So we'll bring that to you on Twitch TV or YouTube or both. We'll find out. We'll let you know. We'll still have our uh, fantasy shows right here on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com slash the-statman. And, of course, our countdown segments will be uh, a blog, which used to be our uh, pro talk segments in the middle of the week. We are now going to uh, uh, put it on the blog from um, on our on our website, uh, statmansportsonline.com that's statmansportsonline.com and whenever we have th- that blog up or other blogs up you can find out about it we'll tell you about it on Facebook and on Twitter Facebook, we're on Facebook facebook.com slash sports with the statman, like us on Facebook, come back early and often, say hello if you have any questions or, uh, or pro opinions you want to get off your chest you can share it there or on Twitter at gstatman, I'm always on Twitter at gstatman, that's G-S-T-A-T M-A-N. We're also, also, you can catch this podcast on uh, iTunes as well as Stitcher, the smart radio app, where you can download the uh, podcast over Wi-Fi and take it on the go with you. And if you have, uh, uh, if you have Apple CarPlay in your car, you can, you can download Stitcher and listen to it right there through your car speakers. So uh, we're diversifying. We're just not doing the show. We're going to do blog, show, and some, some uh, video blogs as well. So should be a lot of fun in 2017. We hope you're with us as uh, you take the ride with us as well. Finishing up here with our uh, fantasy performers for the year. 
Among tight ends, a tie at the top. Travis Kelsey and Greg Olson were the top uh, tight ends at 144 fantasy points, 970 yards for Olson and three touchdowns, 916 for Kelsey and three scores, 70 catches for Kelsey, 65 for Olson. Uh, Jimmy Graham was third, 135 points. He had a solid year after being largely forgotten after he left New Orleans, but he had a good year at number three. Delaney Walker at four, in fourth place, 126 points. And in fifth place, Jordan Reed, even though he missed a, f- a couple of games, 116 fantasy points for him. Rounding out the top ten, Kyle Rudolph, Martellus Bennett, Cameron Brait, Kobe Fleener, and Jason Witten. Who was not on that list? Rob Gronkowski, as you expected him to be on the list, but because of injury, he was not. Uh, on my list, uh, among the among the tight ends, Gronkowski was first for obvious reasons. At number two was, uh, uh, you know, consensus number two, but I had him actually at number six was Jordan Reed. Uh, I had bust potential for him, and I was wrong. He was very good, and if it wasn't because of the injuries, he'd be even higher on the list. But I had Gronkowski one, Travis Kelsey two, Greg Olson three. Well, they tied for the top spot. Delaney Walker four, Kobe Fleener at five. Fleener was uh, ninth, uh, but Delaney Walker was fourth, so I was, I was pretty good there. Reed, I had him at sixth. Well, he was at fifth, uh, so pretty close there. Uh, rounding out my top ten after Reed at number six was Zach Ertz, Tyler Eifert, uh, Antonio Gates, and Gary Barnage. Those guys finished well back. Cameron Brait was a uh, uh, was a breath of fresh air. No one expected him. Martellus Bennett, because of Gronkowski's injury, jumped up to the forefront. Five touchdowns for him. And Jason Witten coming back into the top ten there. Among kickers, Justin Tucker was the top guy. Matt Bryant second. Matt Prater third. Dustin Hopkins and Adam Vinatieri in four and five. Uh, rounding out the top ten, Caleb Sturgis, Sebastian Janikowski, Brandon McManus, Nick Novak, and... Uh, uh, finally, Cairo Santos and Stephen Hauschka were tied for 10th place uh, between the two of them. Uh, in terms of uh, the kickers and uh, where where they ranked, I had Goskowski 1, Hauschka 2, Justin Tucker in 3rd place with Graham Gano, Chandler Catanzaro rounding out the top 5 with Crosby, Bailey, Josh Brown, we know what happened to him, Blair Walsh, who's no longer on the Vikings, Adam Vinatieri uh, rounding out the top 10. So, uh you know, it's 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 really a grab bag in terms of which players play well, which don't. Tucker finishing third or finishing first, but third on my list. That's about as close to a victory as you can get. Among defense and special teams, the Chiefs, the Vikings, the Broncos were uh, the only defense and special teams with over a hundred fantasy points. Uh, the Panthers finished at 99, Chargers at 98. Uh, they they were in the top five. The Chargers, you didn't expect to see them on this list, and there they are at number five. The Bucks, the Falcons, the Bills, Eagles, and Dolphins. Uh, actually, the Dolphins tied with the Giants for 10th place, 83 fantasy points. Uh, our list, we had the Broncos, Cardinals, Seahawks, Houston Texans, who didn't finish in the top 10. Carolina Panthers, which we called a bargain at, uh, at number 5. Uh, the Chiefs, Patriots, didn't finish in the top 10. Bengals, Vikings, and Rams. The Rams had a bad season. They did not finish in the top 10. In fact, they finished... Uh, in the bottom six, they were 25th, or uh, 20, uh, I'm sorry, 27th among uh, all fantasy teams, tied with the Niners. Uh, just a, a bad, a bad season for the Rams as they are now looking for a new full-time head coach. Okay, that is our fantasy focus for the week. Very quickly here, let's get to our game picks. Eliminator challenge, our knockout pool. We are still in the game. We have uh, gotten 14 out of 14 so far. It's been a great week, a great year. 
for that, the Detroit Lions were our winner last week over the Bears, twenty to seventeen, by the Nick uh, by, by the hair of our chinny chin chin. On to Week 15, and we're going to pick the Falcons at home against the Niners. Uh, it is a game that uh, uh, should be. Um, uh, as as close to an easy one as you can get to. Even though Julio Jones is not in the game, the Falcons are still favored by 13.5 points, according to ESPN. Uh, but that is our knockout pick. On to our pigskin pick em, our picks uh, with uh, the spread or straight up. We're going to have all the picks for you on our Fantasy Primer blog. However, we'll give you the big games and the local games. Let's start with the local games, as we always do. The Giants, 1 o'clock at home against the Lions. Uh, four and a half points to the Giants. Giants play close games. The Lions play close games. This game could turn at the end, as both teams have been uh, have been good at changing around the uh, decision at the at the uh, at the final gun. Both teams are nine and four. It is an evenly matched game, and I'm going to go with the Lions plus four and a half. I think the Giants will win, but I think it's going to be by two or three points. I can see 24-22. Uh, as a possibility, they're, they're making a not a big deal, but they're talking about Matthew Stafford's pinky or his middle finger. I'm sorry, on his throwing hand being hurt, but really didn't show up in the injury report. So I don't think it's going to be that big a deal. Theo Riddick is doubtful though, uh, and that could be an issue. But uh, I think the Giants will win. But I'm going to pick the Lions plus four and a half in terms of the spread. Game two, Eagles at Ravens. Uh, I think the, uh, the Ravens are favored by six and a half. They are playing a lot better right now. The Eagles now down to five and eight. They will not finish above five hundred. The Ravens seven and six, still trying to hang on for an AFC wild card. I'm going to go with the Ravens and cover minus six and a half. And the Patriots at four o'clock on CBS four twenty five actually in Denver, big game. Eleven and two New England, eight and five Denver. Uh, the Patriots favored on the road by three and a half points, and I think they will cover. I think they'll win by a touchdown in the rarefied air of the Mile High City. Uh, of course, Semyon came back for Denver this week, uh, throwing more than ten more than ten receptions, more, uh, you know, more than ten completions to each of Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, but and Denver has a, has a good defense, but I think New England, you know, is is too hot right now. I think they will find a way. So and pick the Patriots minus three and a half. And uh, uh, the the other local game was the Jets, and I picked them to win outright over Miami plus two and a half. That did not happen. The Dolphins won thirty four. 13. Big games. Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. It's not a big game in terms of the record because the Bengals are 5-7-1. and one. They don't have A.J. Green. Uh, but the Steelers at the Bengals, you've got to throw the records out. I am going to go with the Steelers here, minus 3.5 on the road in Cincinnati. In game two, Tennessee and Kansas City. This is a good one. The Titans 7-6. and six. Chiefs 10-3. and three. Chiefs are favored by 5.5. That's more than I expected. Uh, I'm going to take the Titans plus five and a half. They have been surprising this year in a good way. Mariota, DeMarco Murray, uh, Rashard Matthews, they've had a good year. Uh, and uh, the the other big game that we're going to pick, Tampa Bay at Dallas. Dallas favored by seven and a half. Tampa's won five in a row. I'm going to go with Tampa plus seven and a half uh, over the Cowboys. I think Tampa could win it outright. But if you, if you think I'm going to pick them straight up, you're going to have to check the blog to see if I actually do. Uh, but that is uh, that is a look at our game picks. Uh, very quickly, um, in, in terms of our uh, fantasy genius, we'll have that for you uh, on the blog. Uh, fantasy hockey, uh, over the past eight days of data, Artem, uh, Artemi Panarin, the bread man, th- 32.5 fantasy points, four goals and five assists for nine points this past week. He is our player of the week. Braden Shen, Max Pacioretty, Eric Stalin of Jenny Malkin among forwards round out the top five for defensemen. 
the top defenseman in the league, Jeff Petrie, three goals and an assist and a plus five in four games, uh, 29 fantasy points. Brent Burns, Matt Niskin, and Jake Gardner, Victor Hedman, round out the top five. Among goaltenders, Matt Murray, 3-0 and with a shutout, 167 goals against average in five games, uh, 947 save percentage, 34.7 points. That is about six points ahead of second place Mike Smith of Arizona, Peter Budai of the Kings, Frederick Anderson of the Leafs, and Scott Darling rounding out the top five for the Chicago Blackhawks. These are probably two players, definitely two players that weren't drafted uh, and two other guys that were drafted very late in drafts. Matt Murray, the only one of the top five that probably was uh, was drafted uh, in, in a pretty good spot, and he was in a timeshare when the season started. So that tells you something there. Our enforcer of the week, uh, well, we'll give it to Wayne Simmons. A goal, two assists, uh, and 17 penalty minutes. Xavier Ouellet of the Detroit Red Wings had a goal and an assist, 19 min- minutes in penalties. But Simmons is the uh, dependable guy who uh, fills up both the score sheet and the penalty sheet. So one, two, and three, plus two, and 17 penalty minutes for him. Joe Thornton had four assists and 16 minutes in penalties. So a heavy penalty week in the NHL. Uh, and that is just going to about do it here for uh, for me, the stat man, George Sithopoulos, thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Check our blog and also Facebook, facebook.com slash sports with the stat man uh, for the latest. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next Saturday. from.